From the Book of Morals and Precepts. Cheerfulness. From whence does sadness come? Not from external circumstances, but from a worm within the heart. It can have no existence, but for the sustenance it saps from your own feebleness of spirit. Sorrow there will always be, for the law decrees that it is essential for the tempering of the spirit. But sorrow is another adversary to conquer and cast out. It is not something to be accepted with resignation. The greatest benefit comes from rising above it. Therefore, let your face shine with cheerfulness, for a cheerful countenance will bring brightness even into the lives of the afflicted and gladness even to the most distressed. The sad face, reflecting a gloomy heart, will deaden even the joyfulness of youth. Never go about among men with a sad face, for such is easily forgotten. Men care not for the countenance of gloom, but that which is pleasant is easy to remember. When a man who went smiling into the storehouse for barley distribution comes out frowning, he makes known his displeasure, and they who wait their turn blame the overseer for miscalculation. The people who deal with wise men have cheerful faces. Though your talents are such that you cannot appear great in the presence of others, you can approach greatness by being pleasant and agreeable. It is easy for a man to appear great when he is great, but difficult to appear pleasant and agreeable when he is neither. The sad air of despondency pollutes the pure air of life. The morbidness enthroned in the heart of a weakling magnifies his affliction. It raises the loss of a needle to the loss of a fortune. His mind is burdened with trifles and therefore cannot give due attention to matters of consequence. The heart of a cheerful man is not depressed by matters of small account and it remains free to deal with matters of greater importance. Sadness, gloom, and despondency ride upon the shoulders of the weakling. They sap his strength, his will, and his manliness. Sorrow and tribulations are the lot of all men, but their burden is lightened if carried with cheerfulness. It is well to think 
when calamity befalls? Is it wholly a thing of evil? Is it altogether without purpose? The despondent heart invites the entry of cowardice and meanness. It permits that which is base to enter. The heart that is cheerful has no accommodation for such things. Be not misled by the mask of piety when it hides the sad heart of the melancholy man. The face of the truly good, like the countenance of the wise, shines with the reflected light of the joyful soul within. The greatest sorrow and the most overwhelming misfortune cannot douse its brilliance. In the midst of affliction and sorrow, the things which once filled the heart with gladness do not all depart. Why then should these be offered as a sacrifice at the altar of sadness? Is this not exalting sadness far above its station? Is not sacrifice futile and unproductive of good? Never do worry and sadness ease the burden of sorrow or alter the force of circumstances. It is cheerfulness, patience, and fortitude that lighten the burden and soften the blow. Like the miser with his hoarded gold, the sad man hugs his misery in solitude. He cannot bear to let it depart from him. It has filled his life. He has no friends. All have fled and left him to the enjoyment of his own precious sorrow. Sadness is not the child of thought. It knows no reason. It rejects the hand of friendship and the touch of compassion. It seeks only the company of those who will commiserate with its misery. The cause is not important, for sadness is the end in itself. Remove the cause, and sadness remains. Sadness is a state within, not the result of external circumstances. Whence comes the sorrow? of all sorrows. Is it not from the process of living and from change? Then is it not all futile? Life you cannot escape and are not all things and circumstances always changing? For this is the law. Therefore, man who is made according to the law and subject to the law must accept its decree. His life is governed by its ordinances and from these there is no escape. The mountain will stand however long you batter it with your head. Accept cheerfully that which cannot be altered by sadness. 
Thus, its burden will be lightened. The sun shines brighter for the cheerful man. Only one sorrow is truly worthy of sympathy. Only one sorrow deeply stirs the heart. Only one sorrow is magnificent in its depth. And only one sorrow is really genuine. That is the sorrow of the cheerful heart. If you know that sorrow and misfortune will cross your path because they are a part of the pattern of life, then you are wise to prepare yourself to meet them. But it is unwise to seek them out. The testing tools of life are never stored away. If you are ignorant of the law, complain not of that about which you have no knowledge. Seek rather to understand the nature of the law and thus know the meaning of life. He who understands the law knows why the pattern of life is as it is, why it is the design of light and shade. The law is unchangeable and unchallengeable, and none but a fool rants against that which cannot be altered. Man will never find contentment until he learns to accept the law as it has been established. It governs the whole earth and his life. To live in harmony with it is to live in peace. If in your weakness and waywardness you find the burden of the law intolerable, all of your lamentations and wailing will not ease the load. It will do nothing but add to your distress. The law concedes nothing to the weakness of men. The nature of man is such that it accords with the law, and therefore it is unnatural to rebel against it. Thus, man can achieve nothing. He achieves nothing except the stirring up of strife within himself. Is it not better to live in peace with the natural state of affairs than to tear yourself asunder by futile rebellion? It is not in your nature to suffer the blows of misfortune without being hurt, but it is within your nature and your duty to stand up to them like a man. Sadness for the sake of sadness robs a man of manliness, and the sorrowful man is unfit to embark on great enterprises. Therefore, inflict not any self-induced ill upon yourself, nor lessen your abilities by indulgence in weaknesses of the spirit. From these, Nothing beneficial can be gained. There is sufficient real sorrow and suffering on earth to serve their end. 
Life is a pleasure to the cheerful man and a burden to the sad one. A cheerful face is always welcome. A cheerful spirit eases the burdens of many. And a cheerful soul is not severed from God.